0: Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at ShallonXO, and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalloners. Let's get our mind right. Let's get relaxed. Let's roll the shoulders back. Sit someplace comfy. We're going to loosen out of your face and your head and your neck. Think about relaxing the inside of your ears, and we're going to breathe in through our nose. exhale. And we're going to do it again, this time thinking of this week's mantra, charcuterie. If you've been a challenger for a long time, you know that charcuterie is my sort of like pleasant trigger word for relaxation. It's my meditation word. And when I just find myself needing to calm down, I say the word charcuterie because charcuterie makes me happy, but not too happy. It's not like wiener dog puppy where I'm like, ah, and suddenly I'm all gassed up thinking about it. Charcuterie is something that's pleasant and always goes with a pleasant experience. A nice glass of wine, seeing my friends, a beautiful view of the ocean, and there's always a charcuterie board. It also has just enough syllables that you can say it. It's got a pleasant pointiness to it. So let's breathe in again. Charcuterie. And with every syllable, just feel yourself relaxing. Now we're relaxed and now we're awake. Wake the mighty women. And now we're going to tackle a question from Ariana. She said, I've been seeing this guy since February and everything's going great. He seems to adore me. And I've recently started to be introduced to his friend group. We had a little mini friend gathering this last weekend. And this one girl, supposedly his friend of like a few years or whatever, was all over him. She was flirting with him. She was wearing his hat. She was hugging him for no reason. And I just stood there getting madder and madder, but I felt like an idiot. I ended up being super upset and venting about it to his friends. And they all agreed like, yeah, she was completely out of line. So what do I do now? Do I have a chat with her? I can't tell my boyfriend to stop seeing her though, because then I'm going to look like the crazy one. Okay. So you're right. Like you basically will look like the crazy one, but look, this is such a good question, and this happens so often, and we don't really know how to deal with it. So I do, though. Listen, no, you don't have a conversation with her. Not yet. You have a conversation with him. This is a script. Hey, I felt super disrespected when Crystal it's always someone named Crystal, when Crystal was like all over you and you didn't really do anything to stop it or tell her that wasn't appropriate. I get that she's your friend for sure, but friends don't behave like that. You know, Connor wasn't sitting on your lap. Jeff wasn't stroking your hair. You know what I mean? And I don't want to come between you guys, but she is coming between us. And that is completely her intention. And I know you don't want to view her like that because you're her friend. And I get that again, but from a woman to woman point, I can see what she's doing. Just like if you saw a guy friend of mine, like putting his hand on the small of my back and like kissing me on the forehead, you would be like, hey, dude, like man to man, I know what you're doing and I'm not with it. I'm not trying to cause drama. That's why I'm telling it to you so that you can be aware of it and shut it down to her. Not I'm not going to be the one doing it. Because instead of an attack, this is phrased as, hey, my feelings are hurt and I feel embarrassed and I need my man to prevent this. Appeal to that protective caveman self, right? And then you listen. You listen to what he says. If he gaslights you or tells you you're crazy, red flag girl, and you must also pay attention to what he does. If this happens again and he allows it, that's a data point you might want to not ignore, And here's why I say don't have a chat with her. One, she is desperate to feel like your rival. Desperate to feel like an equal. It's the same pathology of people who are trolls on the internet, where they just like, they just bark out this shit, and they don't care if the response they get is positive or negative. They just need attention, because then that celebrity has noticed them, and then like, they're an equal, and they're relevant, and they count. Trolls don't count. Crystal don't fucking count, okay? And if you... Go to her and be like, hey, I noticed what you're doing. She's going to be like, really? You noticed? Oh, that means I'm relevant. That will give her that feeling. So no, fuck no. She's also going to use that conversation to play the victim to your boyfriend. Your mean girlfriend is trying to control you and tear you away from me and tear apart our friendship. And we're just friends. I didn't do anything. It's your mean girlfriend. And you know what? Once you wise up and see what she really is, I'm still going to be here for you so also note of that you position yourself as the wounded one the wounded woman in white oh i'm just so innocent not her don't give her that card to play because she will i really think she just needs enough rope to hang herself as they say and if she keeps this up she'll look like a clown and a fool which she is and all you gotta do is sit back and watch the train wreck our next question comes from Jessica, and I feel like this is something a lot of you guys have been dealing with in quarantine if you're quarantined with your boyfriend, which is a man who is in his feels. Oh, Lord. So she said, hi, Shalyn. Yesterday, I think I may have said something that accidentally hurt my boyfriend's feelings. I still haven't figured out what it was because he said that, oh... Like, you know, but honestly, I don't. I cried for hours and I sent him a long text telling him how sorry I was. And I feel like there was more that upset him than just what he said. Last night, he told me that everything, finally, last night, he told me everything that was bothering him. And I was so sad when I found out. And I've just been trying to give him space so I don't bother him. But what can I do to fix this? He's the love of my life. And I just want to make him happy and for us to be happy again. Okay. Deep breaths. Charcuterie. Charcuterie. I promise this is going to be okay. Hurt feelings are inevitable, right? It's part of any relationship, whether it's a friendship or love. Even your coworkers, they hurt your feelings, you hurt theirs. But the difference is cruelty. Cruelty is not inevitable. Cruelty is where you deliberately say something to minimize, gaslight, terrorize, or cut someone else down. That's not acceptable. But that's not what you did, nor would you ever, I'm sure. So don't beat yourself up. You didn't do anything deliberate nor cruel. Miscommunications happen, and sometimes we just aren't aware of someone's emotional weak spots or their underbelly and we inadvertently poke it. Okay, one time, oh my god. I made fun of a boy's calves. I mean, I didn't like I didn't think I was making fun of something like because again, to me that has this ripple of cruelty. I was just like, "Oh, you're so I was like, "You have such huge biceps, and you have these like slender little calves. It's so cool." Oh, girls, if you ever want, if you want to get dumped, like basically on the spot or to reduce a man to rubble, make fun of his calves. It doesn't matter what they look like. Make fun of them anyway. He lost his mind. Like we broke up. We broke up. Like I could never get things back on track. We broke up like three days later. And it would be like, someone being be like, oh, look at your lopsided little breasts. I just uh, evidently that's where that falls. But I was like, horrified you know i just i didn't realize that was part of a man's underbelly it's like the one thing they're self-conscious about so file that away but the remedy is to apologize which look jessica you've done and then and this is the key part you tell him number one why you understand why he's upset you validate his emotions and repeat things back to him like here's a script you felt like me teasing you about not playing baseball anymore means you think I view you as like washed up or less than a man, but I don't. I'd love you for this and this and this and this. Let them feel heard, right? Because there's nothing worse than being upset and someone telling you you're crazy. That's gaslighting. And we don't want to do that to someone else, right? So if, if we hurt someone's feelings, especially if it's inadvertent, we want to be like, oh, I'm sorry. And, you know, now that I pause and think about it, I see why this was upsetting to you. You know, that really does a lot to diffuse, you know, even when you're on the phone with like customer service and you're talking to them and it's like, I can't change my phone number on the account if I can't log in to change the phone or I can't get the, the text message if I can't change the number. And they're like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. All you want to hear is, damn, that must be frustrating. I got you. We'll fix this. And you're like, thank you. Thank you for hearing me. So that's what you say. That's point number one make them feel heard. Point number two, you tell them why it won't happen again. You say, I understand this is a sensitive subject for you. And honestly, I was not aware of that before, but I am now. So I can't erase the past, but I can promise you that going forward, this won't happen. I love you and I want you to feel emotionally safe with me. And that really is a learning process. I tend to get super upset when I'm in a fight with anyone. I'm really sensitive with my loved ones. And when I get all spun up, My mom always says to me, well, either they'll get over it or they won't. And you know what? It's true. All you can do is all you can do. You communicate clearly. You communicate effectively and neutrally from a place of collaboration, not victory. And then you let them take it from there. If someone wants to be mad, well, that sucks for them. It really, it truly, truly does. It goes back to like, if someone wants to be mad, that sucks for them. And that is also a data point about their character. I don't like to fight or to be mad, and I don't want to date someone who does like to fight and be mad. I don't want someone who wants the drama, who wants the push and pull, who wants to punish, because that is cruelty in and of itself, right? The cruelty doesn't just flow one way. Someone could do something inadvertently and get punished with cruelty. So we really have to be on guard about that. I want harmony, not a war where one person has the power and one person doesn't. But I really do just think he needs, like, a spell to get his ego back together. Men might seem strong. I mean, <laughs> maybe. But they're actually very sensitive. And when someone pokes their little ego, which is what th- his wounds might go to, they do like the wounded raccoon. I always say, like, boys are going, he, he's got to go raccoon. He's got to go possum. They just scuttle away to their little hole and lick their wounds and just, mm, you know, and eat their garbage, their delicious garbage. That's okay. Okay. It's important to learn how people manage conflict. And so this is a chance for you both to learn what works and what doesn't. And once this is over, you can say to him, hey, like, it terrorizes me when you ghost me for four days and I don't understand what's going on. You can be mad, but you just have to say, I need to not talk to you for four days. And I will completely respect that. But I'm not trying to be cruel to you. And therefore, I won't accept you being cruel to me. If we're truly looking to create a healthier, collaborative relationship, we have to be aware of the things we're doing that inflict cruelty on the other one. Just remember, girl, it's all just data. It's not the end of anything. I promise. This next question, like, got to me, got under my skin. I felt it. We have a question from Becca. She said, I've dated my boyfriend for two and a half years. He truly cares about me and has a very kind heart, maybe even kinder than me. And I am at a breaking point, though. I feel like I am constantly cleaning up after him and have a really hard time trusting his judgment. He's constantly has like food on his face, crap on his hands, crumbs under his seat. He's a slob. I recently spent all day cleaning his house and I got home to find mine being a disaster because that's where he was. Also, he forgets his keys, his phone, his toothbrush, all this shit. I feel like we have this parent-child dynamic, and I want to know when enough is enough. Am I just being harsh? Oh my god. This is triggering for me. Oh, charcuterie. Charcuterie. This would drive me insane, and to be honest, I had an ex like this, and it did drive me crazy. I even talked about it in therapy one time and I was like, you know, I love my boyfriend and we, have, we get along. And yeah, it's like he's got this wonderful heart, blah, blah, blah. But he's like incapable of taking care of himself in so many ways. Like he'll microwave things with the plastic film on it and then it explodes or he doesn't know how to tie the garbage bag and then shit gets all over the hallway. And I'm like, ugh. and my therapist was like, so get a maid. He's a good guy. He loves you. All of this, what you're telling me, these are just topics, like surface topic. These aren't like issues, like at the root of your relationship. It's really not that big of a deal. Um, objection, Your Honor. That just did not sit well with me. Not everything in life can be outsourced. And I don't know that I want to be in a situation where it has to be, where there's like literally no other choice. I know that for the rest of my life, these wet towels on the bed are going to be there unless we hire a little woman to come in and and hang them up. Or i'm gonna be that little woman right sure cleaning the apartment fine like you can outsource that but losing things being absent-minded not having foresight or planning stuff like that that doesn't go away and that's actually not just a vague topic to me that's an issue because i like you saw a parent-child dynamic with my ex and that bleeds over from the crumbs on the seat into all sorts of aspects of life It's really hard to respect someone who can't take care of themselves because that means they can't take care of me or a child someday. Imagine having a baby with someone who can't figure out how to snap the car seat in or to warm the bottle or they can't burp them right. Like my blood pressure is going up just thinking about it. One of my best friends, she has this test for guys she dates. She calls it the airport baby scenario where she's like, I knew it was time to break up with someone like everyone she's dumped. This is when I knew it was time to break up with them because I was picturing us being at the airport, a flight was canceled, the baby's crying. And I look at him and I say, fix it, just fix it. And she's like, and I realized my boyfriend wasn't going to be able to fix it. He was going to be another thing I had to take care of. He was not going to bring in any sort of remedy, any sort of resource. He was only going to add stress. And if he would add stress in that situation, he's probably adding stress all the time micro stressors that I don't even see. So she dumped him. And like it or not, women are hardwired to evaluate the mate ability of a man. This is this is our biology. And a huge chunk of that mate ability quotient is can he provide? And that's not that's not just money, although you know what? He he does need to be able to provide that. Men run the world. I don't want to hear about a fucking great white shark starving to death. Okay, I want to know if he can provide protection Competency, all those things that need to be done. Well, hey, I'm nursing the baby. I'm pregnant. I can't defend our homestead. This is our caveman primal brain talking. And we don't need to brush that off. This brain is the brain that has kept our family line alive for thousands and thousands of years. And we cannot let society and like, oh, well, the new like dating norms tell us to shut up and dampen that down. It's a survival mechanism. So in some ways, I think you're permitting and promoting this, cleaning up after him. Why the fuck were you cleaning his house? Why were you cleaning his house? You knew he wasn't going to clean yours. You knew on some level you were going to go to your house and it was going to be a mess. And what you felt in that moment was pure, crystallized disrespect. Because it was disrespectful, right? He is a grown-ass man. And he should know how to do things like eat Chipotle without wearing half of it. So I think you should ask yourself two questions. What realistically could be outsourced to fix this problem? Would I feel better? Or would I still just be as annoyed? If you would still feel as annoyed, maybe there's more going on beneath the surface with your feelings and you're localizing it on this messy problem. Because we talk a lot about topics versus issues. And it was interesting that my therapist had used those terms with me because I felt like she really missed the opportunity to see like, no, a topic was an issue. But yeah, we we localize on like the crumbs on the seat. And sometimes a crumb is just a crumb and okay, we can hire a maid and then we fix things. You know, that's fine. This is just his idiosyncrasy. I have my own. He picks up after me in some emotional or physical way. All right, but maybe it's, maybe it's an issue. Maybe it's, hey, I'm chronically doing the lion's share of stuff in our relationship. I'm the one planning the dates. I'm the one talking to your mom for two hours on the phone and you won't even meet my dad. Maybe it just means overall things are out of balance. And you're being taken advantage of. And number two, this is what you ask yourself. If nothing changed, nothing, if if nothing changed, would I be able to live with this forever? If we couldn't afford a maid? If that didn't even really work? Is this situation giving me what I need? I think to be on the safe side, we really have to assume people aren't going to change that drastically. They're probably not. They might. they might. You know, people do mature and they grow. Absolutely, for sure. But they got to want to. So I try to look at a snapshot of my current circumstances. If I walked into this situation today, would this be okay with me? We can't date potential. And we can't date just someone's heart. Love is logistics. So weigh that along with the good and then see where you stand. So I usually don't do two questions that are of the same vein, but I feel like we're on a roll and the roll is apologies. So we just talked to one girl who's inadvertently hurting her boyfriend's feelings and is like, how do we get over this? Now we have kind of a different story. All right. Katie said, five months ago, I had a one night stand with a guy. The guilt was killing me and I had to tell my boyfriend and he is wrecked and can't stop crying. We met a few days ago, cried a lot, talked about how we want to work it out. And he could tell how sorry I was about it. And right now we're taking a time out to just not talk. But he's still so upset and I can't stop crying. I can't stop crying. I don't know if I should text him, reassuring him, or give him space. It's been eight days since I told him and two days since we last met in person. We're long distance already and we're going to be going to grad school, but I don't know. It's just all up in the air right now. How should I go about this? All right. Again, charcuterie. Don't panic. I don't think this is over. If it was, he would have said so right up front. Like he would have just been like, bitch, and walked out, right? Sometimes, again, men need to do the raccooning and slither away and lick their wounds, But uh, I know, like waiting it out, it's torture. It's torture. But remember, time heals nothing. It's what we do with the time that matters. And what you need to do with this time is figure out why did you cheat on him? Why? That's going to give you a sense of control over this whole thing. And more importantly, that's what he wants to know, even if he isn't articulating it. I'm sorry, of course. Of course, it's good to hear And what we need to tell people. But what we truly need in order to move on from something is... I'm sorry. And this is why I did it. And this is what I've learned and why I'm not that person anymore. And therefore, why none of this will happen again. We want assurances. When we're in pain, we want to know this is never going to happen again. You buy a cheap little car, it gets wrecked. What do you do? You buy a bigger, safer car, right? You want an assurance this isn't going to happen again. Your house is broken into, you get a security system. We want fences. We want locks. And that comes from really taking a good hard look at what was motivating you. You're absolutely right. I mean, you are good and right to apologize. But are you absolutely sure that you want to be in this relationship? If the answer is no, that's okay. There's no right or wrong answer, there's just inauthentic versus authentic. So, what was under this? Were you bored? Were you vengeful? Were you unable to be bored and you don't really have healthy coping mechanisms for emotional pain so you reach for a distraction? Are you stressed about this grad school thing looming and you're kind of trying to like pick a fight so that he leaves you so you don't have to have this long distance situation? There's some thing under there and diagnosing it is not super fun. But if you can, if you can do that work, you will save yourself truly a lifetime of pain. Know thyself, baby girl because when we really do, then our relationships, they fall into place more naturally. We can recognize like, oh, this guy's coming towards me. It's a one night stand that could happen. And we're like, no, I understand that I'm feeling hurt, hungry, angry, anxious, something. And so I see him as what he is, just an emotional getaway car, a needle full of anesthesia. But I don't need that. I've got my own coping mechanisms, but it's work to get there, right? And it's practice to stay there. Sometimes though, I truly believe, Cheating can be a, a set up to a higher level of awareness and honestly kind of make a relationship more open and transparent. But, ooh, it takes a lot of reflection. It really takes getting right with yourself, looking yourself in the eye. You know, it's not easy. But remember to forgive yourself. You're not a wicked person. You're a person. So, so, so many people cheat. And that tells me some part of us might not be hardwired to be monogamous. You know, that's okay. We're not all touched by Satan if that's how we feel. But if that truly is how you are, if you feel like, you know what, monogamy is just, ah, it's just not my thing. Maybe you are in the wrong relationship or maybe you just need to refine expectations. Be like, hey, every once in a while I might sleep with someone. I'm never going to let you know. I'm always going to be safe, but this is what I need. You know, we're always so afraid to speak a truth. We're so afraid of it because, oh my God, what if they leave? okay, if they leave, then they weren't a good fit for you. Relationships are logistics and relationships are not about finding like someone who makes me happy. They're about finding people whose truths align and where you feel like you can speak your truth and talk about it. Life is so long. It's just so fucking long. Do you want to live in a situation where you can't be truthful, where you can't express yourself, you know, and where you spend it just feeling guilty the whole time? That's awful. So, Once you're able to forgive yourself and see that you're a fallible human being learning things the hard way, as we all do, you're going to be able to reframe the situation as one of growth, not shame. And that growth is ultimately going to be the thing that heals your relationship.